never going to be good at that. <laughs> it's just, it's just something. It's really awkward. Well, I'm just not strong enough to lift up the growler with one arm when it's full. Well, That's maybe we need fault. to reconsider our table That's arrangement. That's my, yeah, I don't give a shit. Okay. All right. Uh, Allison. Okay. Hit me. All right. Here we go. We just need a different design of the growler. Like the We talked are... about this at a party last night. Why is the handle so tiny? <laughs> growler people, can you get back to us, please? All right. So, Julie? Yeah. Uh, I said, what do you want to do for a bit? And you changed the subject. So, you're up! Oh. Um, I don't have anything. I truly don't have anything. I've been actually feeling this the last couple of weeks, you guys. I'm going to get real with you. My bit is going to be me getting real. I've been depressed, and uh, I feel like maybe I'm not funny anymore. Uh, not true. Not true. We're, this is the second episode we're recording this evening, and I spent most of that last episode laughing about shit you said. Great. Also, you've got those Elaine Stritch glasses. It's just built in. Uh, so, all right. So, who's got two thumbs? <laughs> Speaks limited French. And thinks she's not funny anymore. This moi. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> that was me doing, I did the arms too. That was me doing a tray you on Falcor's back. <laughs> yeah! 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 Oh, solid reference. Mm-hmm. When is the never ending story podcast coming? That's what I want to know. When's that, uh, I, I, will, I will give this blasphemy as I say this, but when's that remake happening? No, no, no. It's you gonna shut happen. your mouth. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I think if memory serves, there was one rumored and it fell apart. Probably because they realized that part of the magic of that film is that everything looks so shitty slash yes. wonderful. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's shitty slash wonderful. But the same thing could have been said for Gene Wilder's fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and they remade that shit. Yeah, they, yeah, but that's not shitty slash wonderful. That's actually just wonderful. Uh, but why did they do it? Because, um, because they like sacred. to make money. They, they like just to make money. money. Yeah. Quit they, buying things, because, people. Because they like to take things you love and put Johnny Depp in them. Ugh. By the way, have you seen Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Yet? I have. He's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. I've heard that Johnny Depp is a no-no in that movie. Well, he's in it for maybe 45 seconds. It's just, oh God, I'm so sorry. Spoilers? No, too late. It's been out here at this point. By the time this is out, it's been out for a month. You know what? It's like the least important thing that happens in that movie. I really, I like it so much. I reviewed it. I had a bunch of people telling me on the internet that I am, like, I don't have any taste. But you know what? I do have taste. And that movie, it do take nerve. It do. It uh, takes nerve to be a sensitive man. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Eddie, it's the most I've ever liked Eddie Redmayne in anything that isn't a, a, like a um, point of order. Uh, oh God, Burberry ad. I like him in the Burberry print ad. Point ads. of order. Yes, Julie. I have seen Eddie Redmayne really in life, speaking and talking to people at a panel when I went to go see a screener of the movie about Stephen Hawking. Oh. Before the film, I was talking to my friend who took me, and I was like, I'm not into this Eddie Redmayne thing. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. She's like, all right, whatever. He walked into that room, and I cannot explain to you how incredibly beautiful and charming he is. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. It was just like, I looked at Rebecca, who I was with, and I was just like, oh my God. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I was like, no, but I don't like it. I don't like redhead. Uh, whatever. I'm just going to look at him. 
He's very pretty. Yeah. Hi, I'm Allison. Hi, I'm Julie. And that's Janine. Hey. This is Podlander Drumcast, an Outlander podcast where sometimes we have bits and they turn into us talking about Eddie Redmayne sometimes being a fox. Sometimes we just talk about shit. Also, really, like, it doesn't actually matter if you like Harry Potter or not. The world is a shit heap right now. Go see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them because it will make you feel better about the world. You know what? And I'm going to say that's a great introduction to the Harry Potter world without actually having to see Harry Potter. Yeah, you don't have to at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, when I saw, I, all, I went to a critic screening and I saw it with other people from the publication I write for, two of whom know the Potter books, one of whom has absolutely no idea and we all liked it equally nice it's just really good and then dan uh i can never remember if it's folger or fogler i think it's fogler Fogler i think it is so fucking charming and wonderful and also animated creatures it's just i'm gonna make julie see it with me i'm gonna do it wait which is first that or Hamilton. That's my Christmas present. Oi, they. Can you invite me to one of those? Yes, both. Okay. <laughs> you guys, I made a promise to Allison that I would listen to Hamilton for the first time with her. How does a bastard? Oh, you know what? No, you know what no, I just realized no. on this moment? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I can briefly, with one minor adjustment, make this topical. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a Scotswoman and a Scotsman? That's Jamie Fraser. Uh huh. <laughs> That's how Hamilton starts, only a son of a whore and a Scotsman. <laughs> Although, you know what? Some men would have called Jamie's mother a whore. So how does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a sp- Scotsman dropped in the middle of some forgotten spot in the Lally Scotland and the Lally Bracken? <laughs> yeah, okay. We've gone off the rails. Near the Dick Rock. Near the Dick <laughs> Rockin'. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about uh, season one, episode, episode 10, 10, By the Pricking of My Thumb. An episode which, in my memory, was mostly just set up for the next episode, which, for those of you watching for the first time, all I will say is it is one of the best episodes of the series so far. Mm-hmm. It is this maybe the, no, the next one, uh, maybe the second best episode in season one. Uh, the next episode? Yeah. I is it's probably my favorite episode it's in my season favorite. one. Favorite. I don't know if it's the best. I think the wedding might actually be the best, but the next one is my favorite. Yes, mm-hmm. Janine. I will say that uh, IMDb definitely treats this episode as not important. There is one image, one image on this. Particular this episode, episode, it seems like it's that mostly sucks. filler, yeah. but it's not. It's it's some thriller. And you want it's because thriller. guess who comes in? Gay list. Gayless. And also, Gayless. Like also purse first. This is the introduction oh, oh, yeah, of the, the Duke introduction of, Sandra. of Simon Callow. Oh, that that joke made me very happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's showing up in this episode, and that's worth it alone sure. to know what's coming. Yeah. To know the camp that we will be treated to. Know to know what's coming. Purse first. Purse first. <laughs> in those coats. <laughs> um. So the little opening moment is somebody loading dueling pistols, and I'm like, you better use those. Yeah, Chekhov says. Yeah, Chekhov says. Hashtag Chekhov says. Use those guns. Use those guns. Don't don't you tease know a gun. Jamie always uses those guns. That's how he gets that finger dexterity. You know what? You're right. It's on the wrist. And then speaking of it's all <laughs> in the wrist, <laughs> although it's not all in the wrist, it's all in the, in tongue. the tongue. We open up yeah, on we an incredible on, scene of cunnilingus. Gonna, if you were going to rank the sex scenes in Outlander, this would be a top tenner for sure. Oh, for sure. Maybe top fiver? Depends on how you count the scenes in the wedding. And your preferences. 
Yes. But, well, I mean, my preferences are to be eaten out, so this would be high. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's an unusual thing on television. Yes, you never see this. And, and this is like, actually, like, really, this is even more graphic than when Frank did it in the first episode. Yeah, well, because that's just the beginnings. Mm-hmm. I like to drop my G's today. It's just the beginnings. This is in the throws. It is also very clear that this is not about, I'm just going to go ahead and get you worked up and then we're going to fuck. This is Jamie saying, what's for breakfast? Your vagina. Yeah. Like and that, I'm, it is more, I'm first eat of all, it's all morning sex. Second, it is, there is no evidence that there is any intended reciprocity. <sighs> morning sex though. You guys, I love you all so much. Please don't. Not for me. Well, I can't. You, I mean, it's okay for her. This I'm is great. I'm assuming your husband already knows this. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, when I think about morning sex, it makes me sad. <laughs> Wait. What? I just want to sleep. I just want to... Not now. Yeah, but morning Later. sex... A key element to morning sex is... I'm awake... I'm drowsy, I'm rolling around, and now there's a penis inside me. <laughs> okay. Or even, right? or even the idea of this, like, you are, you're, it's, oh, waking up. Oh, and lots of stimulus, and then I get to go back to sleep. Or, <laughs> the best part of waking up is Jamie in your cup. Cunt. Cunt. I, I could have gone there. I'm yeah. glad you did. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so point being, uh, it's really hot. And they, again, mm-hmm. this is another scene where I just, there's part of me that just wishes that these two people, like maybe they have an understanding. Let my, here's my hope. My hope is that at some point they sat down over a nice whiskey. Or chai latte. That's how I like to see it. Because chai knit, latte? knitwear is involved. Right. Coffee said, shop, kind of raining We're outside, maybe a little bit raining, kind of a little bit cold, but not really cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're professionals and we should, we should understand something. We're, we're just going to become aroused. That's how this works. We will acknowledge in a professional space that it doesn't matter at all. However, when we get back to wherever it is that stars is paying for us to live, all you have to do is knock on my door (laughs) and and, and and I will fuck the ever-loving shit out of you. Just consider it a job perk right alongside your 401k. I will never, like, if you don't want to, then don't knock. If I don't want to, I won't answer. But if you're like, man, remember how you pretend, because also, you know, they did like 27 takes of that. Remember how you pretended to eat me out for like six hours of our workday today? Have, what are you hungry? <laughs> like, you're was, begging for it. I was in a commercial I had to make out with a girl. Uh, the director said we needed to do uh, multiple takes, which I said thank you for. You're like, fine. Uh, and then that's li- all I really wanted to do when I got off that commercial set was to make out with her more because it was not, it was forced. You know, you, you're so close. You're so close to having a real moment. You want to just see if that exists? It looked like Claire was having a real moment. Oh, it sure does. It, it looked like they saying, were both having a real well, moment. Well, it's hilarious because he's really going for it, and then all of a sudden, on the door. Uh, 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 on the door. Oh, no. And then Claire's like, uh, and Jamie's like, no. And he, he lifts up his hand and he goes, no, no. And then he continues going to town. And then he dives right back into that muff. He just dives yeah. right back into the muff and goes for it. And the knocking gets more insistent and louder. As, and then there's more knocking as she's pounding on the headboard. As Claire achieves orgasm mm. while being distracted by the door. And it's oh, like, no. Wh- whatever. It's because it, Jamie's sheer force of will went, nom, 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 come back to me. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, oh, what's up? And then it's done. 
And then she rolls over, very satisfied, and Jamie opens the door and he's like, What? And it's Murtaugh. God, Your marriage duties are making it. He says something about marriage duties. And then he sees Claire in the bed and he goes, Oh. Uh, uh, not only does he see Claire in the bed, he sees Claire in the bed with the like look of, I just. She's literally going like this. <sighs> like, this was good. Thanks, Myrta. No, I don't think she acknowledges it. She's just, no. she's just like, oh, I can't feel my legs. No, you know what? I can't she's feel my having legs. that tiny little second orgasm. Yes. The later yes. little one. Yes. The one where if you cross your legs hard enough, uh, it's file like. File that under a woman's secret yeah. right next to a finger of a butt. Hashtag woman's secret. That little second aftershock where you push your knees together and then it explodes. Yes. That's what's happening to her as Marta's trying to talk to her. Nah. Oh, trying to talk to Jamie. But it looking at her like, uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. And then he looks away because he's a little bit ashamed. But is he? He's kind of like looking through his fingers. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, that's alluring. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke of Sandringham's there. I Gotta go check it out. I can't wait. <laughs> That's what he came to tell him. He's like, uh, the Duke of Sandringham has arrived. And we're like, sweet, purse first. And once Claire um, catches her breath, stops coming, and comes gives it, to her senses. Gives herself a whore bath. Pits and, she bits. Says, Pits and bits. She says, oh, by the way, the Duke of Sandringham? Uh, you can't trust anything that guy says. And Jamie, if I tell you... No, first she says, Jamie, if I tell you, promise not to ask me how I know. He says, yes. And Myrta says, uh... <laughs> I did not make that promise. And then Jamie's like, yeah, you did. So she basically says, you can't trust anything he says. He knows Blackjack Randall. He's a friend of Blackjack Randall's. Mm. Which is a thing that uh, Frank and Reverend Wakefield... Which he's already used once disastrously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Suppose they like guessed at only the Beach's reaction to Claire dropping that particular nugget was strong enough that she's pretty sure it's true. Right. So um, she says, you can't trust anything this dude says. And he says, well, it's literally my only chance to not be a fucking outlaw murderer anymore. So I got to do it. So I got to try it. Ned Gowan, and then he goes to Ned Gowan, and they have this whole conversation where Ned Gowan does some lawyery shit. And, and then says the following line, Ned Gowan, I love you so much. The truth or lies have very little to do with the law. That's a really good line. What an asshole. Not he doesn't Ned know Gowan, that he's just, about to you know. be outqueened. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on this show is about to be outqueened. Yeah, including Galas. Mm-hmm. Which is... That's hard. That's real hard. Yeah. Right. Like nipples as hard as acorns. So Ned comes up with this plan. He's like, here's what we'll do. I will draft a petition saying that Blackjack Randall has tried to do all these horrible things to Claire. He has. Uh, Among other people. Yeah. Uh, he's just been horrible. And if we get it to the Duke of Sandringham, he can take it back to London. And if he gets sent off to some shitty island in the West Indies for book readers, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Gets sent off to some shitty island in the West Indies to spend the rest of his military career. That's worse than being dead. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's likely that you could get a pardon. And Jamie's all like, ah, oh, huh, interesting. This sounds like a great idea. Go ahead and draft that petition. So what's Claire Thank doing you, while this is happening? Um, Claire has had it. Once again, up to here with the likes of these circus people. <laughs> and she is about to fucking beat Larry down. She marches through those like narrow Castalia callways like a fucking stormtrooper boss. Like, boom, 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 boom. dirty south boss. 
uh, and shows up and Mrs. Fitz, we love you. Annette Badland one, just mm-hmm. in case you haven't gotten around from last week. At Annette, at Badland, Annette Badland one. one. Go tell her how you love her. Hashtag Fitzmob <laughs> um, uh, is getting an apron from Liri that Liri uh, stitched herself with her tiny, shitty meddling fingers. <laughs> and she says, Isn't this beautiful? And Claire says, I need to have a moment alone with Liri. So could you clear it out? No. And it's like, oh, it seems serious. Are you sure you don't want me to stay? And Claire, to her credit, does not say, well, your niece is trying to steal my husband. Mm-hmm. And also, she put this crazy witch Blair shit witch under shit. my bed. I lost the map. Claire has the decency to approach Leary privately to say, the fuck out. Back off. Back off. But then. Not on tonight. Not on tonight tonight and leary is um obviously not receptive what did she say jamie must need to get stone drunk before he plows your fields and then claire straight up slaps her across the face (laughs) and then says this is fergus level shade it's so good slap i'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. And is so That's obviously it. not sorry. It's like, for those of you who've watched season two, it, that is a Fergus level sick burn. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That's it. But it's very clear that she should have. And it's obvious that Leary is not repentant at all. No. And then she says, you need to talk to your friend Galus because that's where I got the ill wish. And Claire's it like, was God her damn who it. sold me the Alwash. Alwash. God damn it, Galus. Can we just say Alwash one more time? I love it. Alwash. 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 Uh, so... Then what happens, Julie? This is when I don't understand how time works here because all of a sudden it's nighttime. <laughs> well, it's I mean, it's winter, right? Do, are we with Jamie or are we with Claire? Are no, we... I have it going straight to Galus in the full oh, moon. No. So so Claire then it's like, mm, I should probably talk to this bitch oh, that's who's supposed right. to be my friend. She goes into town and Galus is gone. Galus is gone. And in her place, she finds Galus's husband trying f- fart McFarter really hard. To take a shit. By the way, I've seen that dude in a couple of movies this year, and he's mm-hmm. doing a great job. Excellent. Galus's husband, the uh, master Duncan. Somebody Duncan. Duncan. Got it. Uh, Will you he- pull up his IMDb so I know what the fuck I'm talking about? I can't remember. Arthur I've watched Duncan? Arthur Duncan. I've watched like 27 movies in the last John two weeks. Sessions. Pull up his. Oh, we talked his about IMDb. him because he's not the racist senator that is now going to be part of the cabinet. <laughs> he's not the racist senator. Uh, what do you want to know about him? What? What are? Oh, he's in Jonathan Strange, Mr. Norrell. Oh, give he's me great in that, 2016 actually. movies. Does he play uh, Mr. Norrell? No, no he does uh. not. But he's he's uh, John Murray. He's in uh, one of the guys in the cabinet of people yeah, like. He's, yeah. he's in. Chapter oh, is he the husband? The husband of a woman. No, never mind. No, no, no. What what movies? Two thousand sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. He had a busy year. He was in he was in denial. Friday night dinner. Upstart. Crow. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, there so he's you go. Great in Florence Foster Jenkins. Keep going. I haven't watched denial yet. I have the screener. Uh, Mid morning matters with Alan Partridge. Uh, comic strip presents Red Top and the Rat Pack. Oh, I'm, there's something I'm not thinking of. Whatever. He's great in Florence Foster Jenkins. But he there he is farting all over the joint. Oh, and she at some point Claire says. I suppose I should leave. And he says, by God, you should. <laughs> because he knows he's about to, because he's already asked his chambermaid like three times to bring him the chamber pot because he's about to shit himself. And every time that he is. But he tells her 
Gayless, you can go look for wherever. Oh, well, no, no, the no, no, the maid does. He keeps saying things like, oh, my sweet love, where are you? Well, he's, well, he's uh, in uh, um, uh, digestive distress. <laughs> and the maid is like, you should go check the fucking woods. The wo- this place it's a in moon the woods. Moon, full moon. At midnight, whatever. And then there we are. Cut straight to Claire's walking through the woods by herself. In what universe does Jamie allow this? This is my question. I don't know. There's a lot of that happening in this episode. Is Claire thinking, oh, well, Jamie promised he wouldn't hit me anymore. I do what I want. I do what I want. I do what I want. She goes out into the woods with this tiny little lantern and she can see some fires up ahead. And then she realizes it's Galus and blows the lantern out so that she can hide. I have a couple of costume notes here. So you mm-hmm. see Galus and she's wearing this like Grecian toga thing. Toga. It is actually the dress that she wears at the end of this episode with the eye brooch. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that the one she wears? No, 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 no. She doesn't. It's not the same one. She wore that one in earlier the, yeah earlier right. in the season like a gauzy white thing that it didn't really that, with that big eye brooch and mm-hmm. it's the same dress only without the dress part without so the she's actual... basically wearing a bunch of see-through fabric over her body while she's like orgiastically like throwing herself through the woods doing Fuck yeah. the oh, housekeeper's name mrs graham yeah mrs graham she's doing the mrs graham dance but maybe like Modified. Modified and slightly uh, nefarious. Yes. Because but I, it is the Mrs. Graham dance. Because like she, a modification of the Mrs. Graham dance. But she has a straw man that she's setting on fire. And I'm like, how many people are you going to set on fire? <laughs> uh, she's... Um, she ha- she's enjoying she's it's almost enjoying like it jamie is, a, is a eating very, her pussy a very mild word it's like it's like an invisible jamie is eating her she pussy while she walks around in the forest with nature in a way that is unseemly <laughs> you know what she is props to her because goddamn lottie verbeek sells the hell out of this she thing. really does it's like it's like the earth gives her an orgasm is yeah. what it's like. And you believe it. She strips her fucking gauzy off and she's like naked to the wind and, and like it's whipping her hair whatever and back and forth. Her hair and she just fucking like does it right and there. He, and then we get to my favorite moment, maybe my favorite moment in the whole episode, which is she's done and she's like gasping a lot like Claire. She's, ha- she's clenching her knees to have that second orgasm. Mm-hmm. And she finishes and she's like satisfied smiling to herself. And then she says, you, you can, can come, come out, out now, Claire. <laughs> she knows I she's love there. It she's so like so much. I always like to imagine that someone's watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then she starts talking about the wind and says, "My nipples are hard as acorns." <laughs> It's just great. And Claire's like, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. This is the part, whenever we talk about Galas, this is the part where I remind you that if you haven't watched Agent Carter yet, you're the reason it got canceled. And you should really check it out because she's so fucking great in the second season of Agent Carter in a completely different role. I forgot a gag that I had here. Ooh, gag me. When um, she is throwing herself around in uh-huh. the gauzy shit and uh-huh. like, everything's going back and forth in music and everything. I was like, this looks like a Tori Amos video. <laughs> Here's a fun fact to know about Julie. If you're one of the people who will eventually come to Chicago and send us a message so we'll meet you for a beer. Julie fucking hates Stevie Nicks. If you want to earn both of our affection mm. permanently, because Julie, uh, 
Julie appreciates being fucked with, and I appreciate people <laughs> fucking with Julie. <laughs> if you come and meet us at a bar, download the Touch Tunes app on your iPhone. Oy vey, get no. in that jukebox and play nothing but Fleetwood Mac for an hour. If you play Dreams, you're cool. Now here I go, go again. Hello, she free. That song is not too shitty. Anyway, what we're saying is Galus is the Stevie Nicks of Yes. Of you take Lander. your Stevie Nicks and you get the fuck out of here. But here she is. And she's pregnant. Get out of my mind. <laughs> she's fucking pregnant. And we can tell because when she's dancing, she's touching her belly like pregnant women do. And Claire sees it. And Claire's like, you're pregnant. And she's like, except for Claire's not Scottish, bro. She's like, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. And she's like, yes, I am. And then how Congratulations. does she, how does she play it? Is she like, does she say something about Arthur must be so pleased? And she's like, <laughs> he's never seen my naked oh, she body. She says, it's been my secret for so long. She mm. says, well, does your husband know? Kira says, uh, I'm not aware he's ever seen my naked body. At least not with the lights on. And then mm. Claire says, I thought you guys weren't having sex. And she goes, we're not. And it's the best. And then she says, oh, wait, I'm fucking some other dude. And if you had to guess one person Mm -hmm. that she was fucking, that Galus, Galus in particular, would be fucking, who would she fuck? Oh, uh, all right. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, though. This is where this is where I remind you that Janine doesn't know shit about shit. This isn't a thing that Janine knows because Janine has seen two episodes of Outlander at this point. He has seen the season finale of season two, and he has seen the wedding. He has also seen the sex scene from the Reckoning. End of list. So he has no idea. But really, I think what Janine is trying to say is. That truly, Dougal is fucking everyone because his semen is like in the air around him like a cloud. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he is very virile. He's, but a, he's a walking ejaculation. He is a walking what I cum think, stick. What I think is that probably, probably Janine is aware that maybe the gilf doesn't always make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because you might have guessed Murta. But you didn't. No. You know what? If Galus had better taste, she would have. She would have ridden that grapefruit. Galus doesn't give a shit about a man's emotions or his respect, and that has clearly been proven. She gives a shit about his dick and his money. That's it. And his brains. Well, no. That's she more evident in the book. She will kill. If you're in her way, she'll kill you. Yes, but wow. in the book, there's a, so this, here's mm-hmm. a book thing that's not a spoiler. In the book, Galus makes it clear that she at least thinks that she loves Dougal. <laughs> she just really wants she, to fuck him, though. Uh, believes that he is almost her equal. She also says that the person who is actually her equal is Colum, but she can't fuck Colum. Well, because Colum can't fuck. It's not a King Ricketts thing. Right, Cause it's because he can't I get can it up. Shoot your yeah, so he just can't actually like. Presumably, he either can't fuck or not easily. Something there's like a he's that's like a really depressing thing to think about. Yeah. Anyway, so so uh, she's pregnant. We find out it's gilfs. What? Uh, and then she says, "Claire, will you keep my secrets?" And Claire says, yeah, okay, I'll keep your secrets. Yeah, whatever. You're my only friend Mm -hmm. since I've come to uh, uh, this part of Scotland. (laughs) 
And then they start walking away, and Lottie Verbeek is now dressed, and she is wearing the cutest gnome coat I've ever seen. Oh, re- it really is designed to make her look like she's like a wilderness creature. Of the fairy, because that's what's about to happen. Yeah. All of a sudden, they hear a fucking baby crying in the woods. And let me tell you guys something. If you're ever in the woods and you hear a baby crying, yeah. ignore it. Oh, no. You never, you never heard that sound. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because nothing good is going to come of that. It's like if you're in a horror movie and all of a sudden you're like out in space and you see your son that's in a wheelchair on your spaceship. There's no way he could be there. Right. Can I just. Right. Can I just like. Quali- don't qualify. don't go towards your son. Janine. I'm going to qualify that. If I find myself in an obviously science fiction fantasy situation, okay. But in real life, I'm going to go to the baby. No. (laughs) No. In real life, I am also going to go to the baby. If that makes me a hard bitch, then I'm a hard bitch. I am moving away from the crying baby in the middle of the mystic Celtic woods. You know what? My... My rules pertaining to truths we know of fiction that apply to life mm-hmm. are mostly if something terrifies you, you don't go upstairs and you don't go in the basement. And don't split up. You stay on the level. Oh, you get the fuck out. Yeah, you just leave. Oh, and you don't split up and you don't go towards a crying baby. And you never say, I'll be right back. No, never. Never. Uh, and you know what? You have all the sex you want. That is society telling you if you get fucked, you're going to die. Yeah. You have all the sex you want. That mm-hmm. is my. That is the opposite of not going upstairs or into the basement. But it, that's just that's just saying there's a couch. Let's go do it. Yeah, let's, let's fuck. Fuck on the couch. <laughs> I got to say this, though. Seriously. <laughs> If you're out in the middle of nowhere, when does a baby crying ever equal good? Well, I mean, never, but you're a decent human being. No, I'm not. I'm an asshole. No, and but I'm walking Julie, away from that. No. Here's what I'll say. If it's a small child, that small child is capable of wandering around and or crying for help and like laying out its needs specifically. Mm-hmm. So like assume it's like a seven-year-old kid and the kid is like, Then you have a clear objective. If the kid goes, ah, I'm so lonely and afraid and also I'm possessed by the devil, then you don't go. But see, babies don't do that because they don't speak English. Because (laughs) babies aren't capable of doing anything for themselves at all. And they can't Uh, do anything to you. But Julie, they can't do anything to you if you don't go close to them. They can do plenty to me. (laughs) No, but Julie, if you walk into a a fairy hill and you Mm -hmm. see a baby nestled in a tree like this, by the way, Evil tree. Evil tree. It's like the most evil tree you've ever seen. Oh no, it's not. It's pretty evil. The ring. Uh, that's evil. But this Uh, one is like Wizard of. What did I say? I was like, evilest tree goes to this evil tree. The Wizard of Oz. It's at least third place. The Return to Wizard of Oz. I don't know. This one was pretty evil. It was very Uh, large. The trees in Twister. They're pretty bad, but not as bad as this guy. Also, I just saw a monster calls. Although technically that tree monster is sort of on the kid's side. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking, I want to watch a movie that's going to make me feel better about the world. Don't watch a monster calls. It's a beautiful movie. But if you're like, should I watch this or finding Dory? You pick finding Dory. (laughs) Anyway. Oh my God. Anyway. Okay. So they hear the baby crying and, and, and I'm on team Galus. Who's like, fuck no. And she does it. Obviously not. She's like, they put him there because they believe in fairies. I'm out. Peace. There is no reason there. Nothing good can come of you going after this. And Claire's like, by the way, I'm a fucking nurse. 
I gotta go. I gotta see to this baby. By the time she's up, shows up, the baby's already dead. How high was that hill? And pretty, it only took her like four or five minutes to get up there, it felt like. But the baby was obviously in distress and had died already. And baby language was saying, oh, I'm already dead. I'm already dead. This is the sound I make when I shit myself. Unless it was a fairy baby. And it wasn't a fairy everything baby. everything that Gayla said was true. I don't know what we're singing. Fucking Stevie Nicks. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now here you go, go again. again. You say your, your baby's a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire goes up there. Baby's dead. Then she holds the dead baby for what to me feels like an inordinate well, amount of time. It must be a long time because it's long enough for Galus to get back to Castle Leoc. Mm-hmm. And you have to assume that Galus went far enough into the woods that nobody was going to stumble on her unless they were either there because they were Claire or they were there because they wanted to bone Mother Earth too. Yeah. And so she gets back to the castle and she's like, Jamie. Oh, hey, Jamie, you should maybe go get your wife. Your wife might be in a Jamie's sticky like, wicket. Why did I promise never to beat her again? <laughs> I gotta go. God damn it. And then he finds her and he like gets the baby out of her arms and he's like, you have to understand that some of these people have never left like a mile from where they live and blah, blah, blah. It's and, a good point. And then I started crying again. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he's very compassionate to these people and to Claire. She says, you can't believe them, fairies. And he says, what I believe doesn't matter. What matters is that these people think this is what happened. And maybe thinking that their baby is alive with the fairies and the fairy baby died will make it possible for them to get through the day. And it's just awful. And then they leave. Also, she's wearing her amazing rent coat. Yes. Yes, she is. I love that coat. Mm-hmm. So eventually... Um, Gee, I wonder if the fact that Claire interfered with a fairy baby is going to come back. Huh. I don't know. Dick Rock? I don't know. Me, no, no. I not, do know not Dick Rock. that something new is about to enter our vision. Something elegant. How, but, Julie, how is this thing going to enter? It's going to come in purse first. Yes. And it's going to have a resplendent wig. And it's going to have... <laughs> Um, impeccable delivery, just the right amount of campiness, and a true understanding of shade. It's also going to have an ability to drink what I'm estimating as like 15 glasses of wine Mm -hmm. over the course of a two-hour meal Mm -hmm. at which you're the guest speaker Mm -hmm. for a room full of American exchange students <laughs> did he speak in bottom when you were there yeah. oh my god that's incredible yeah yes and he entered briefcase first, first. first. <laughs> no he didn't but it'd be great if he did anyway. so I, I little spoiler you know after the episode they do the thing where they talk about this episode of outland or whatever and they were talking about how fascinating of a character the duke of sandringham is and how it was so interesting in the book that this guy played both sides and was, you know, so witty and weird. And they were like, we had to find just the right actor. And getting Simon Callow was one of the best things that ever happened. And it is truly like in life. He's perfectly it, cast. One of the best things that have ever happened. I hope that he wakes up every morning and thinks to himself, I've done a lot of great things. And some of them were unexpected and some of them were challenging but at least once maybe other times i haven't seen his filmography is like 
insane. Mm-hmm. But at least once. I got so perfectly cast that I just had to show up. I just I just had to show up and speak the Queen's English. That's all the I had Queen's to do. Queen's English. <laughs> That's all I had to do. And you know what? Uh, cheers. This guy is an actor that deserves every single he's so accolade good. he's ever gotten. It is a crying fucking shame that he did not win an Emmy for this show. It's... It doesn't make any sense to me. He's too good. I watch a lot of television. I recognize that I have a bias towards Outlander, but there are three people in Outlander that I am confident that my bias does not extend to. One, specifically in Faith in season two. Mm -hmm. The fact that she wasn't nominated for an Emmy for the second season of Outlander just for that episode is bullshit. Two, Tobias who plays two roles that are somehow also sort of the same role so well that you can both tell who it is just by looking at his jawline and also always see the connection between them for reasons that have nothing to do with the fact that his face is always the same. Mm -hmm. Three, Simon Callow. I have nothing else to add (laughs) because that's all you need to say. He's so good. He's so well cast and funny and sad. And Mm. God, if you're watching this for the first time, I really cannot wait for you to see the other things that this character does. Oh my God. He just gets so good. Such a sneaky bitch. He's so good with dialogue. He's so funny. His timing is fucking perfect. He's, he's impeccable. Anyway, so here we go. Here it is. Hold on. I just feel like I need to give people a taste of some of the other things that this man has done. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got it right here. Uh, He was on Gallivant. Which I haven't watched yet because I'm, I, I haven't got there yet. The actor's name is Bill Patterson. No, no, that's Ned Gowan. Oh, we're talking about, about Simon Callow. Simon Callow. Oh, Callow. Who plays the Duke of Sandringham. Uh, he played Charles Dickens in two episodes of Doctor Who, and it is fabulous. I need to see that. Oh, you will do it. You know what, Julie? Yes. For Christmas, we will watch a Charles Dickens episode of Doctor Who because they're Christmas Carol. And then episodes. I'll listen to Hamilton in front of you. <sighs> no, not in front of me. With me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's weirdly performative. No, it's whatever. not. Julie, you have to trust me. I'm sharing something with you. I know that I you're trust going trust. to like. I trust. How many times have I pulled this card? Like four, maybe? I think I one even, of them was this show. I couldn't even. I think Outlander was definitely one right? of them. Yeah. And then our favorite show. RuPaul's Drag Race. But well, I had already no, been watching that. Our favorite play. Which is? There is a happiness oh, in the morning. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. By the way, I might be doing storytelling the same night as Diana Slickman. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> oh, are you doing the next YBR? Uh-huh. So am I. Oh, nice. So we mo- both might be doing? So may, may I call it a thing he's done that's actually not very good? Yeah. <laughs> he was in Arn, A-R-N, The Knight Templar. I wa- I watched it on oh, boy. Netflix. It's bad. Hey, you got to make that money, okay. though. So he did the miniseries of Angels in America. He played one oh, of the, yeah. the priors. Uh, he did something called Thunderpants. I don't know what that is, but that's it's amazing. Awesome. Oh God, he's played Charles Dickens three separate times. I oh, need yeah. to see this guy at least. Uh, oh, Shakespeare in Love. He was the master of revels in Shakespeare in Love. Mm-hmm. He was in The Woman in White. 
Oh, he had his his heyday. Oh God, he was in Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Yeah, he was. Oh, Jefferson no. and Parrot. He also like clearly has an incredibly accomplished <gasps> stage career. He was in Street Fighter. Uh, he was in he was <laughs> Gareth in Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is one of the great roles in Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is an underrated movie, by the way. He did a movie called The Crucifer of Blood. <laughs> Oh my god! In which he played Inspector Lestrade, which I assume means that it's a Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes thing. Oh, well, no. Postcards from the Edge. Who was he in Postcards from the Edge? He was Simon Asquith. Uh, so basically, playing himself. It <laughs> sounds like Paris first bitch. David Copperfield, <laughs> A Room with a View. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Amadeus, Emmanuel Schinkenader. He played Napoleon once. He's a really fucking anyway, good actor. He's really good, and he's been doing it for like fucking is, seventy years. <laughs> like, and it's not close. The most accomplished actor, career-wise, the show has ever booked, mm-hmm. and it's not close. This dude, if he doesn't have an OBE, he'll get one before he dies. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys. And here he is. So he's at this weird outpost on Mackenzie Land, which actually is like this beautiful Mansfield Park style manor. And he's Yay. like, he's like, this will do. <laughs> and he's got a stenographer. Why? We, because because bitches have stenographers. I don't no. know. Because, oh, no, because he's doing a, his own autobiography. No, a book of witty quotes. He's having a person record the things he says for like the most wise and wonderful aphorisms of his Something noble, the, the Duke of Sandringham. Yeah. So he basically just has a guy there to write down all of the witty things he says. And the best part is near the end of the scene when he says... My dear, you have such a beautiful neck. It holds up your head so wonderfully. I'd hate to see them parted. Beep, beep. Write Write that that down. So Claire comes in without Jamie knowing and is like, dude, you have to sign this petition. And he's like, oh, you're pretty. You're pretty. No, no, I don't have to do anything. And she's like, I know that you're Black Jack Randall's friend and I know that you're supporting him and I know that you're helping him do this. And he's like, I assume that my friendship would be more valuable to you than a trip to the gallows. Yeah. And it's like, Claire gets real cold. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I am very fond of Jamie. Jamie. It's like, yeah, you're very fond of Jamie because you really just want to stick your finger up his butt but okay who doesn't and then he's like all right i will help you because it's this whole great like intrigue scene where she talks him into it and then he's finally like yes and he he says the thing about it would be a shame to see them parted your head and your neck i'll help you but you have to send jamie here or jamie has to do a certain thing he doesn't say that right because he knows jamie is coming Right? Uh, often. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, he, it's it's this odd, well, it's where Claire goes full Lady Macbeth, if Claire I'm being honest. Claire went rogue. She straight Claire went says, to go see him Jamie without doesn't it. know I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he doesn't know I'm here doesn't matter. He's a good person. I'm here to be the fucking enforcer. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Here's what I know about you. You will do what I want or I will fucking get you hanged mm-hmm. is basically what happens. Right. Uh, this relationship remains one of the show's most interesting for its duration to date. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 
fucking great. And that'll be our little spoiler section. Right. So she has this great scene with him where she shows her balls and he's like, I see your balls. I see your balls. I see your balls. And then she leaves. And then all of a sudden, those balls, those balls, she goes back to Castle Leoc and Dougal is freaking out. Guess what happened? His wife died. His wife died. You know what? I want to give Wait it up for minute. Graham McTavish. We didn't, did we? Has this happened yet? What? No. No, no, no. Galus's thing hasn't happened yet. Right? Her big that, thing at the end? Yeah, because that happens after. That's later. Right. No, so, so remember, Galus said that what she was doing was ascending mm-hmm. to see if she and Dougal could be together. So Claire shows up back at Castle Leoc and Dougal is fucking Sonny Corleone out. Goddamn <laughs> mind. And I want to give it up for Graham McTavish, who is great in lots and lots of episodes, but he sells this like drunk, guilty, grieving, self hateful thing like nobody's business. And everything else that's happening is everybody else in the room trying to figure out how they can get him to stop. And there's a whole bit with Claire bits, the wrong word moment with Claire drugging some alcohol. And then is like it Angus, Angus? Angus has to go get the alcohol. Is this the first really great yes. non dick Angus moments when they first team up. Yeah. And she's like, Angus, how can I get this into something he will drink? And he's like, oh, I know what he'll drink. And like, he moves away. What makes you think he wouldn't drink it? Yeah. And he moves away like he's skirting the perimeter of the room, trying not to draw Dougal's eye because he doesn't. Because Dougal is kicking the shit out of everything. He's just trying to stab everything. And is stationary. He's just trying to stab everything. So Angus is like working the perimeter of the room and he gets over to a bottle of what I can only assume is Rhenish. And then he brings the Rhenish over and then Dougal sees him. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, and Angus has the correct response, which is drinking to What's the wife's name? Oh, I can't remember. That's so terrible. Uh, Mistress Dougal's. Mistress Dougal's. Oh, God. He knows her first name. But I he's know. like offering a but drink we to. We're bad feminists. Offering a drink to Barry Lyndon, whatever. <laughs> and then Dougal has this moment where he like stops and drunkenly comes to a stop and looks at Angus and then walks towards him, stumbles towards him, and takes the bottle of Rhenish, which Claire's Claire drugged. has drugged. And just drinks deep, drinks deep, and then passes the fuck. And then passes out. the fuck out. Goes night night. And then they have to cart him out of the room, and Colm is like, "If you drop him, I'll have your balls." <laughs> but also take that idiot far away from me. Yeah, which get comes him out back here. in a minute. Mm-hmm. Because the, well, no, well, let's just do it now. Let's mm-hmm. finish up Dougal now, because the rest of what really matters here is uh, Jamie's shit and Claire's shit. Mm -hmm. So eventually Jamie gets sent away and we'll get to the things that happened in between this because Colm is like, Dougal, you are a hot goddamn mess. I don't care that your mistress is pregnant. Get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Go chill out. Get your senses back before you're anywhere near anyone else for a while. And by the way, Jamie, you're going with him. Mm -hmm. And Jamie's like, oh, but I have to fuck the shit out of my wife. And he's like, I don't get out. Yeah. So that's towards the end of the episode. Which that is what happens with Dougal. So that's the end of Dougal, right? Like Dougal has a goddamn meltdown. And then eventually he's like, oh, but by the way. Galus is having my baby. And Calm is like, I don't give a goddamn motherfuck. Get, Get out. out of my presence. Go far away. So we go back to the Duke of Sandringham. And this time, Jamie's going to see him to talk about the petition. Now, remember, Jamie doesn't know that Claire's already been there. 
but he does look great. He does. And he's like, hello, please help me. And the Duke of Sandringham is like, yes, I will help you if you help me. Something about scratching a back, which is sad and um, very unsensitive considering Jamie's back. Oh, he doesn't know. But it's like, uh, I have been challenged to a duel by the McDonald clan. Because he hasn't paid a debt. So basically, like, you know what? If you're ever thinking... Debt collectors are assholes. Just be relieved that they can't point a gun at your head. Right. So he's like, I have to be in a duel with McDonald's and I need a second. It's not really an actual duel. We're not actually going to kill each other. It's more like we point a gun in the air and shoot it. It's a matter of honor. Will you be my second? Then I will take your petition to London. And he's like, fine, great. And Jamie's like, sweet. Yes, I'll do this. And Murtaugh's like, ooh, McDonald's. And he's like, whatever, I'm doing this. Murtaugh's basically always, that seems like a bad idea. And Jamie is always, I don't give a fuck. I just have to do this is my only chance. Murta is the Cassandra of oh, Outlander. Oh god. Okay. Anyway. So that happens and then they have a big feast at Castle Leoc to welcome the Duke of Sandringham. And he comes in and I need you guys to know this. I don't know if you know this. Does he enter purse first? He does enter purse first, but really what enters is a peacock cake. And peacocks are bad luck. Generally speaking, peacocks are represent they really? bad luck. But they're so pretty. Nope. They represent the evil eye. Because of the thing on their tails. And so that shit comes in and I'm like, bad luck. And then guess what happens? Galus's husband fucking dies <laughs> at dinner right there. He just fucking erps into his face, chokes and dies. And, and she looks down and then looks up. I want to describe this moment for Claire, a moment. Claire can see her. Nobody else is looking at her the way Claire is looking at her. This is this is an like a because it's silent. So this is an auditory interpretation of what happens in this moment. Lottie Verbeek, mm-hmm. bless her. She's watching her husband choke to death. Hit the tank. And and her face makes this sound. <laughs> <laughs> And then pause. Then she goes. But there's this full like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's just like, I'm so glad it's happening right here. She goes, oh, shit, I should probably be acting. And then she starts grieving. It's not just that she's silent for too long. It's that she is very pointedly making eye contact with Dougal, who is still here at this point. This is pre what we talked about with the end of his story. She looks at him and he weirdly smiles. And I have no memory of that. It's true. Colum sees him smile, which is what, which is why he gets banished. Oh, I thought it was because he's a jackass. No, Colum sees him smile at Galus Duncan and is like, all right, dickhead, you're Nuh-uh. out. And he knows right away. So that happens here. So obviously Claire is the only person that knows that. Muck and Galus has actually poisoned her husband. Uh, then we go to the duel. Uh, it's dumb. They don't shoot at each other. It's ridiculous. I also say as a miscalculation on Outlander's part, uh, the duel is absolutely nowhere near as interesting as what happens with Galus. Mm-hmm. 
So they go to the duel. It's weird. It's like they're outside of his Mansfield Manor, Mansfield Park, whatever. Um, they shoot the guns in the air. Everything's fine. And it's like him and the old man, old man McDonald are like, doo-dah, doo-dah. They're great. <laughs> but then McDonald's sons can't let it go. This is, this is like, if there's one scene in Outlander that could be just captioned, Fucking dudes. Yeah, dudes. Why did you let it go? Your dad has already said. The Duke of Sandringham, he's omitted from this. Right. Just fine. Right. Your dad has already said that he accepts this as a medal of honor. Like, but Jamie, too. Jamie also is at fault. Right. And then all of a sudden, they start lobbing insults back and forth after the shooting happens. Um, your mother. your mother. Yeah, all the dude ass grab shit. And then Jamie says something about how McDonald men learn how to fuck by fucking their mothers. And that's just the final straw. And so he gets attacked by three dudes. And he manages to take them all down. But then he's hurt. But only sort of. It's like he's going to gash in his side and maybe his nipples off or whatever. The show doesn't even attempt to make it seem life-threatening. It mostly, it's there all is a great scene though. There is a great scene, though, when he falls down where the Duke of San Juan is like, oh, I did not mean for this to happen. I need you no, to I tell mean, your wife that this was not my fault. tell your wife that I, I didn't do this. Uh, give go. me the petition. Uh, and then he And that great. It's wonderful. And then Jamie shows back up and he's like, and Claire's trying to stitch him up and ugh. This is when the banishing happens. And then he has to leave with Gelf. So now let's talk about the thing that really matters in this episode. Right. Which is why in my, it's the most important thing that happens in this episode, which is why in my head, this episode is just a setup for the next one. Right. So Claire sends Jamie away and is like, all Claire right. Does, she like, she kisses him. A fond I, under- goodbye. I understand that you have to go do this for your Laird and it's great. And then fine. I'll stay here at Castle Yuck. It's great. And then she gets a note that says, Claire, come quick, Gayless. And I'm like, and Claire, check your sources, bitch. She does. You know how now in the world we live in, on social media, you see a headline, and hopefully you know. You know what? If you're listening to this show, I guarantee you know that you have to check where this news is coming from on fucking both sides of the political spectrum. People are full of bullshit everywhere. I don't know when it is that news became like a entertainment. Uh, just talk to marketing. Not just entertainment. Bullshit. Yeah. It, when news became bullshit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we can talk about that well no because it's fucking that pre-world war one lusitania is actually when mm-hmm. anyway oh boy i'm pushing up my glasses right now <laughs> um, but uh claire doesn't check her sources no nope. she gets she this note runs to, her to credit, she thinks oh, oh my, my friend, friend her husband just died something she is needs wrong me. i've got to go, go. And all this episode is miss- missing at this point is Leary fucking twisting her mustache. <laughs> well, you, we get to see her twisting her oh, damn mustache. I, no, but she doesn't have a mustache. But it's the essentially the same. So Claire goes running to help Galus. And is like, get out of here. Get out. You have to leave. You sent me this note. And Galus is like, bitch, I didn't send you any note. And Claire's like, also, please, I'm not leaving leave. my house. Leave. You have to leave now. You don't understand. And you then, have to leave. The fucking Poe shows up. Oh, shit. Damn. They show up. And Claire's like, no, you can't take her. You can't take her. She's She didn't kill her husband. She's innocent. Although Claire actually 
believes that Galus killed her husband, which, spoiler, Galus killed her fucking husband. <laughs> not the first one. Oh! Oh! Just say spoiler, spoiler, not spoiler. If you are fucking listening to spoiler, this, you, know you what? have we read the book. We fucking, haven't done on. a spoiler section in a while. Yeah. We'll do one later. We're not yeah. doing one right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Gail's just like, no, fuck no, I'm not leaving my house. And then they come in. And they arrest her. And who else do they arrest, Julie? Claire. And who's not there to rescue her? Jamie. Because he's gone with guilt. And so they're fucked. That's a pretty accurate summary. On the crime of witchcraft, which is how dudes get you. And also, maybe... So I really love... They don't recap it anymore, which makes me really sad. But I really love Tom and Lorenzo, who for the first season of Outlander did these beautiful costume recaps. Wrote a really wonderful review of the first season and did great things. And... um they said as they reviewed the first part of the season that they didn't understand how no one had accused Claire of being a witch yet. Mm-hmm. And that's only because it hasn't happened yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was always going to happen. This woman who knows how fucking science works was always going to be accused of being a witch. So the next episode, but which by the way, for those who, who uh, I, I don't know, weren't uh, social pariahs in high school uh, by the pricking of my thumbs is the first half of a very famous line from Macbeth which is by the pricking of my thumbs something wicked this way comes which is a line by the second witch which is the part I got to play <laughs> yeah. in Macbeth in Shakespeare's Macbeth and uh, his my beat, my beat, my beat. his bloodiest and shortest tragedy mm-hmm. uh so it means, first of all, it invokes witches because it's a witch mm-hmm. and also means that by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. And in this case, it's fucking Leary and that goddamn priest. Because the final shot, Father Bean. the final shot is Claire and Gellis getting carted away in a wagon and there's Leary in a, in a corner. Wagon. Mm-hmm. And then there's Leary in Leary. a corner. Yeah. There's Leary the in a fucking spot. jerk. <laughs> like, She's the worst. Losing her religion. religion. It's horrible. And I don't know. And smiling. No remorse. Looking real happy. I don't know if every woman that listens to our podcast really understands what witch trials were about. But I kind of have a feeling that maybe you do. Yeah, I assume most of you do. And so you understand that essentially Galus and Claire are fucked. There's no way they I can prove their innocence. That you all know. There's no way that they can be proven guilty. There's no way to prove it. So they are just assumed to be guilty because they have a vagina. Here's what I saw Goody Proctor speaking with the devil means. It means either I saw Goody Proctor flirting with my husband or I saw Goody Proctor being too smart for a woman mm-hmm. or too independent for a woman. This is what I saw Goody Proctor speaking with the devil means. That's what it means. And it's like, that's the whole, the number of men who are cru- accused of witchcraft is slow. It's slow, small. And most of them were not white. Mm-hmm. It's people put witchcraft on people they didn't understand were threatened by and hated. And that's why most of them were women. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm mostly glad that we no longer believe in witchcraft as a society. Do we not? But 
just fit in SJW. Yeah. Or feminist or anything else. And you'll get a rough idea in a much smaller scale because now murder is illegal. Is it? So, oh, God. Anyway, so Galus and Claire get carted off, leading to one of the best episodes of the series ever. The next one coming up is my favorite. If you haven't watched this episode recently and you're listening to us just on the rewatch, go back and watch this next episode again before we talk about it. It's worth it. It's the most thoughtful... Um, compelling. Uh, it's in terms of adaptation, it is the best adapted episode of the entire series. Go watch it again. Go watch mm-hmm. it. I don't remember what the fuck it's called. The trial? What is it called? Uh, the Devil's Mark. <laughs> the Devil's Mark. <laughs> Just go watch it. Just go. Wa- I got to write up this episode for the AV Club for the Fake Awards they do it mid year, and it was best appearance by a birthmark. That was what I got to write up. It's spoiler, a, spoiler. It's a fucking great spoiler? episode. Just watch spoiler. it before you listen to the next episode because it is that fucking good. Yep. It's like the wedding is that fucking good. This, this is one is that, that, that fucking good. Fucking good, right? Yeah. Like different kinds of fucking. Yeah. Uh, let's real quick do the scales because Julie has to get home because she has to do a foot appointment in the morning. Oh, Tiny God. boot, littlest boot, the littlest boot. So. First, uh, on the costume scale. Well, Lottie Verbeek is featured in this episode, so we do get to see a little bit more. And also, hood. also, we do get a little bit more of Duke of Sandringham. So we get a little bit more costume. All right, so let's do on a scale of like um, random BBC Charles Dickens adaptation <laughs> to Quills. Ooh. Maybe not as high as Quills. Maybe I'm going to go like uh, season one of Downton Abbey. Oh, that's real solid. That's mm-hmm. real solid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So two. Now we'll do the sex. Yeah. We really only have the one scene to go on, but it is it's hot. It's real good, though. Okay. So I'm trying to think of famous scenes of Cunnilingus. There are and so I'm, few. I know. I'm coming up dry. <laughs> I am coming up dry, man. So let's go all of the funny sex scenes in Broad City. Uh-huh. <laughs> To, I don't know, uh, your favorite food documentary where you substitute oysters for vagina. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Well, then I'm going to have to actually go with something that I just watched this weekend, which was a ridiculously (laughs) masturbatory exercise, which was Chris Kimball from the Test Kitchen does this thing where he uh, recreates a uh, 18th century meal by Fanny Farmer. And it was really fun to watch because the chefs had to like go back and do everything on like wood stoves and shit. And they had this oyster course and everybody was very happy about the oysters and it was very pornographic when they ate them. So I will say that. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's what I'll say. Okay. Last. Mm -hmm. Getting up to get a drink scale. This is where I'm most interested because I was thinking about this one beforehand. And if you had asked me in advance where I thought this was on the scale, I would have said low. I still will say low but medium low like not all the way to the bottom because you don't want to miss simon 
callow moments. But also, you don't want to miss Dougal freaking out. You don't want to miss any of the gala scenes. But it, it still does feel like a setup episode. Yeah, but I think setup in the way where it's setup you don't want to miss. Like, if you're hearing a joke and the punchline is amazing, so you can't miss any of the setup. I don't, I don't feel, I didn't feel like it was I watched both of them today and I felt way more like I had to sit through the first one than I felt through the second okay, one. then I'm gonna go on the low end, who's got two thumbs, speaks limited French, and hasn't cried once today this mois. Mm-hmm. So 30 Rock. No, the joke. Just the joke. <laughs> okay, so we're going joke to joke. Okay. <laughs> so ignore the punchline. So low end is who's got two thumbs, speaks limited French, and hasn't cried once today. Okay. On the high end, David S. Pumpkins. I'm going to go <laughs> because with Can the punchline. Can a bitch get a donut? Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for the next episode. I am too. It's it's great. It's I'm so excited. It's almost like I just woke up and I realized that my Scottish husband is about to eat my pussy for breakfast. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. <laughs> um, so <laughs> real quick, uh, we need to first thank Empirical Brewery. Julie. Thank you, Empirical Brewery. Will Exploring you tell the them science of about beer. the beer we were Tonight drinking? We were drinking Comet Smash, which means single malt and single hop. Uh, the malt, I believe, was a British mild malt, and the hop was a Comet hop. And it's fucking delicious. It was really good. It was a light beer and a nice way to finish our evening. Anyway, Empirical Brewery, thank you for your sponsorship. And what do they do? They explore the science of beer. Yes, they do. Uh, we also need to thank our Patreon patrons who are donating enough that we are obligated to say their names, but we say their names by choice. In fact, we're, we only don't say the other names because the other people have paid for us to say their names. Uh, but we love you all. So we love all of our Patreon patrons, but in particular, Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, fake name Friday Payton, fake name Jen Lander Drunklin F after the last episode where if you reached out to us after that and told us a different name we haven't received it yet because we recorded this episode on the same day so we'll get there eventually and Kathleen Moniz who to the best of my knowledge has still not listened to an still episode not. we want to thank you and also everyone who listens to the show and contributes please find us on Twitter at PodlanderCast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast and if you want to Flash mob Mrs. Fitzgibbons. You can find her at Annette Badland One using the hashtag Fitzmob. <laughs> and if you want to tell Janine whether or not Janine in your head looks like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters, you can find Janine at uh, Twitter Pagel P A G E L underscore Aaron A A R O N. Please. Please tell me that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All he wants for Christmas is Twitter praise. (laughs) That's literally all I want. Uh, We'll be back before Christmas. Although I don't know for us. It's before Christmas. Who knows what it is before you? Holidays are weird. This whole month has been weird. You guys, we're sorry. It's just weird. By the time time you hear this, Julie will have known whether or not she could take the littlest boot (laughs) off her foot for like two weeks. So you could, if you just follow her on Twitter, no, you don't say anything on Twitter. I'm, very rarely. <laughs> if you find her on Facebook and friend her, uh, and she will probably say yes, because Julie doesn't really understand social media. No, 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 no. I'm very selective in my Facebook friending. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. if you send her a Facebook message and say, 
Just find me on Twitter and I'll decide whether or not to respond to you. <laughs> okay. Find her on Twitter at, at Julie Starby. Julie Starby. <laughs> uh, and tell her about her boot. Find me on Twitter at Allison Shoe and tell me about, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm Allison. <laughs> I'm Julie. That's Janine. Oh, hey. And this is Paul Leonard Runcast, an Outlander podcast. We will see you not at all because that's not how podcasts <laughs> work. how the internet works. Next week. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.